welcome to Candy Bar and Anthem Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth, live on the IRCB Discord stage with anyone who wants to chat. Every week I'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into the show. Today we're going to be talking about episode two, sorry about all the dead people, and just a warning because sometimes I forget, spoilers completely for episodes one and two of Sweet Tooth, you've been warned, let's move into the show, I'm waiting for people to show up, and it just so happens that my buddy Danny is here, so let's bring him on the stage to talk about the second episode of this show. Danny, how are you doing tonight? Come on onto the IRCB stage, man. Oh, those stairs really get you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hey Mike, I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming back, man. It was it was fun to talk to you last episode. Hopefully, we'll get more folks for the for the future episodes. I want to say the first thing that's in my notes for this episode is the more I watch the show, the more I feel like it's moving away from the comic, but it's not removing like the major beats. And I don't know how far you read into the series or not, but I I'm I'm about two thirds of the way through the book. I told myself I'd finish it this week, and I didn't get to it. Um. But I'm I'm honestly impressed with the way that they've been able to really change a lot about the story, but not get rid of anything to link it back to the comic book. I don't know if you felt the same so far. Well, yeah, I mean, and I've only I've only read the volume one that we did uh, as of last week. Gotcha. I think, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna wait till the season's over to keep reading. Okay, but but I mean, so far, yeah, you're right. This is completely we're we're going in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Even if we may get to the same place at the end, we're just taking a different route uh, in the show. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of that, in this episode, we're introduced to Amy, who is like a therapist uh, played by uh, Dania Ramirez, who's someone that we, we follow her as a therapist for a moment, and then the world suddenly ends. Lots of questions there. I'll bring those up later. Um, she waits out the sick in her old office, which is like in a sky rise, and ends up at a zoo. And, you know, for those of you with careful eyes on the very obvious thing that was shown right in the middle of the screen, um, it says the Essex County Zoo, which for those of you who read Jeff Lemire's comics, you would know that that is a reference to his book, Essex County, which everybody loves and I still have yet to read. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed that. I missed that because I haven't read Essex County, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like, you know, there's a, there's little like... Uh, Easter eggs I think throughout this book of just things like if you know you know but it doesn't really take away from the story by any means um, you know what I found to be interesting is that uh, another character who shows up in the story uh, she's a little girl with a, a pig nose whose name is escaping right now she gets dropped off at the front of this zoo at the end of the episode um, mysteriously and Amy is the person that takes care of her and I know you know knowing from reading the comic we know that that the, the girl is going to play a role in the story. It's just a matter of how much are they going to change and how much are they going to add to her story um, to this book? Because if you're reading the comic, you know, she doesn't really have too much background. She's just one of the the hybrid kids that kind of c- comes along with Gus and Jeopard and everybody as they're traveling throughout the book. Um, so I thought that was interesting that they introduced her in that way versus her just getting found out. And of course they've they've moved things from the comic book a little bit to to do that. But again, I don't want to spend this whole episode just comparing and contrasting the comic book. Um, I, I'll go through a little bit more of the summary, and then Danny, we can. I want to get your thoughts on just the overall episode. Um, sure. So Gus and Jeopard, you know, they meet up, they go for a bit of a walk. Gus eats all of Jeopard's food because you know with the cliffhanger of the previous episode, you know, it's it's a question of is. Jeopard going to take Gus with him? Um, and the answer is he doesn't want to, 
which I thought was really fun because this basically uh, comes up with this little trope of like the angry adult who doesn't want anything to do with a kid who's just innocent and naive and just wants to be loved. Uh, I I love it. I think it's really, really funny. Uh, And yeah, I think, you know, they they end up at this place, uh, visitor center up on the side of a mountain where they meet a family, Bev, George and Rusty. And uh, there's a group of people that's hunting down Gus and they eventually meet up with the group. Uh, or meet up with Gus and Jeopard and try to make some business. And Jeopard makes, I guess, quick business of all of them with a bear trap, which uh, was probably one of the most interesting PG-13 violent scenes I've seen in a long time. <laughs> uh, I guess, Danny, how, what, what were your, what were you thinking with this episode? Uh, uh, let me comment on the bear trap real quick. Okay. Because I've never, I've never seen that used as a weapon in such manner. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the the accent that he puts on it at the end, oh, jeez, brutal. Yeah, Poor Gus. Like, I'm like, oh my god. Um, I mean, I, but... I thought it was really funny that <laughs> Gus was like totally unfazed by seeing a man crushed by a bear trap right in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I'm pretty intrigued with the second episode because there's, I have questions, and I think that's that's good. And the second, the second episode, I should start having more questions. Definitely. Um. We have three different stories. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, like, are they even on the same? Like, what's the timeline? Like, how are the stories related? Right, right. Uh, to each other in in the timeline. Um, they keep mentioning that Gus is older than than the Crumble or the Sick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they, they keep bringing that up. I love the the way the narrator keeps bringing up. Also, like, we're telling you the story out of order. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. where we're starting her Amy story, and this is where we're starting Gus and 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 the Doctor. Um, out of the three, the most heartfelt and wholesome had to be, for the most part, Gus' story. It gets <laughs> it gets a little dark at the end. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I re- I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, this was another. It was about the same length as the first one, but I know they're gonna get a little shorter. Mm-hmm. So I love I love the pacing of the show so far. And just the stuff that they're setting up, um, I'm very intrigued. And and they're doing a good job balancing up building the world mm-hmm. and moving the story along so far. Uh, sometimes, especially adaptations like this, can get bogged down in either having to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. But I think so far the show's doing well in keeping up that pace. Yeah, and you know, to your point about the you know what's the what's the storyline here? I feel like they're not gonna pull like a spoilers i guess for the witcher but like i don't think they're gonna pull a witcher on us um and i won't go into details on that because again i don't want to spoil it for folks that haven't seen it but like they do do timelines a little out of order in that show but it's a it's a very significant thing whereas Mm -hmm. um this one i feel like they're doing things out of order but not so much that like they're decades apart or years apart i think they're like maybe months apart obviously you know the 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 little pig nose girl uh she eventually becomes a, a character like i said spoilers i guess for things that i just know from reading the comic um so she's going to be slightly grown up um by the time she enters into gus's story but otherwise like the you you do have a good point like what is happening with dr singh is mm-hmm. is his story taking place weeks after the fall of the of the world i mean i've got a million and one questions about uh the 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 timeline on things in this book or in this show because i i really really like the way that they are stepping back and not trying to admit anything but at the same time it is a little bit confusing as to, in terms of yeah 
did the world end in like a day? Did the did it take months and months and months for things to fall apart? You know, people talk about oh, when the internet went out, that was when things really started to end. And it's like, well, then what was everything happening? I mean, we've seen flashbacks, we've seen bits and pieces, specifically yeah. in Doctor Singh's story and in Amy's story, where everybody suddenly gets a text message and then the world like falls apart in a series of flashes. And it's like, is that how things really would go? Slash, is that? what actually happened um so I, i'm curious to know like because that's not how sicknesses work but then that kind of leads into a question of is this beyond just natural thing is there some supernatural element to this or a fantastical element to this um which again adds a lot of questions to the, to the world i mean even as someone who's read the book i feel like there is still that question while you're reading the book and like, without like going into like spoiler territory on that like I like the way that they're taking that approach for this story and keeping it extremely mysterious, but also very interesting, giving us little bits and pieces over time through natural conversations that people are having. Um, I, I really, really like that so far. Like Dr. Singh's story was really good. The conversation between yeah. Jeopard and George at the, at the visitor center, I thought was really nice where they kind of have this, Hey, don't I know you? Weren't you that guy? And he's like, yeah, I was a football right. player, you know, like, and getting that, those little bits about like, Oh, and then when the world ended, people kind of gloss over it, but like who wants to focus on the minutes and hours and days of them, like having to struggle extremely hard with their family. Instead you kind of go, Oh, this all could, you know, happen to everyone. So let's just not talk about it in detail. I mean, cause I don't know that probably wouldn't come up in conversation again. I'm, I guess I'm complimenting the show on feeling really, really natural about things. Right. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, uh, and then I think the, the story that is most intriguing is Dr. Singh's because we see that his wife is alive and mm -hmm. she's taking some kind of medicine. Um, well, and there was a, goes, there yeah. was a heavy implication that she had passed away, you know, that she had died in in the first episode. That's, that's what I took away from it was like his daughter had died right. and then his wife had died and he was on his own. But to see that she was up and alive, I was like, is this a flashback? Is this something else? Cause right. without the narration, they're not, fa they're not going fast forward through everything. And I, I got to thought some thoughts about the narration too, but um, yeah, t I, I didn't mean to completely interrupt you there. No. And I think, I think when he's talking to the doctor, they mentioned 10 years, but I don't know if it's, since they've met or since the sick started. So that's where, where right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to establish the timeline. Now, obviously the, the story that's kicking off there, it's whatever he's going to have to do to keep the sick people that they've been curing, I guess, or treating. Well, have they been curing multiple that... people or have they been just curing his wife? I would think, I would think it'd be more than like, it feels like the community they built would not just, uh, this may sound terrible, but they, they, I don't know that they would just for one person put all those resources into that. Yeah. Because yeah. because it's not like anyone else is sick. Uh, yeah. But but if they're if they're treating multiple people, um, mm -hmm. like maybe it, it would make more sense. But whatever's in that book, oh my god, the notes, whatever notes the doctor was doing. And, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and it just sends my imagination reeling. Especially having read the first volume, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, where yeah. is the, where are you going, Jeff Lemire? Or where right. did you go? I guess, and well, where and, are you taking?" Yeah, and and this this really kind of brings me to something that I noticed as I was watching this, and then immediately sitting down after watching episode two and continuing to read the comic, this feels like a much brighter story. You know, like I'm I'm really impressed with the the idea that they're they're 
they're really approaching this extremely recent, extremely touchy subject of like a global pandemic and a global virus right. and all this stuff. Um, but they're taking it in a way that feels a little bit more pleasant than you would kind of expect. You know, if you think of other shows that have done something like this, like let's say the walking dead, things get pretty grim, pretty fast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that this show can't get grim. And I think that we'll probably see some of the darkness in it, but I do think that the, idea of the show in its from the get-go you know episode one is that gus is kind of this bright light in all of the darkness right his his innocence his just his mentality the way that he treats everything he says you're not you know he calls people bad and he calls people good but he does inherently see the good in someone he doesn't say if you're bad you're bad forever he says you're bad until you've done something good um or until you've slightly redeemed yourself and i think even reading the comic book you can see that but i i like the way that the show has treated it overall because they've it's added this layer of just niceness to a very very potentially dark show um which is, it feels nice. You know, it feels nice to see something like that where they're not treating things with kid gloves, but they are adding a little bit of rounder edges to a very sharp subject. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and and with the, like, like in the scene where, where they're, you know, they, they're at the resort or whatever, uh, and they show, they play the record. First of all, having the temptations as the first music you ever hear, like that's setting the bar pretty high for guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but, but I mean, it was, it was cool. Like, I like, I like how they're not only telling you what Gus can do because they show you that he has, you know, like, I don't want to say super hearing, but that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, but he has, he has yeah. deer hearing or whatever animal hearing. Um, and you know, he can sniff like when he just kind of John Wick shot him <laughs> from the back. Uh, his, <laughs> yeah. what the hell they were playing uh, but all that stuff was like it was really wholesome it was really nice like the whole everything that happened at the resort like I almost wish well I don't I don't wish that because the show would end it but like if he would just stay there and then Gus now has a family I'd be like oh this was a really <laughs> nice movie right. like just those two episodes together I was like oh this is a really wholesome movie but then I remember that Jeff Lemire wrote this and I'm like that's probably not where we're going yeah exactly exactly and you know I'm I'm kind of curious to know, like, when the other shoe is going to drop, right? There's these there's these hunters that are looking for Gus constantly, and it seems that, like, any time he shows his face, there's suddenly, like, a dozen dudes that want to kill him, at least in the, in the show so far. Um, yeah. And so I'm curious to know how they're going to handle that in future episodes and with future pieces of the story where, like, he's obviously going to have to interact with other people. He's obviously going to have to go out and they're going somewhere. They're trying to get to Colorado, which I guess isn't that far. But um, it's still going to be a distance. You're going to run into people. You're going to have to get food. And, you know, it was fortuitous of them to come across this visitor center. And, you know, Gus having the super smell, being able to point at his nose and go, hey, look, there's a building off in the distance that you didn't see, you, you stupid big man, you know. Um Mm-hmm. It was interesting, uh, but they, so they're going to have to run into people in order to survive. So I'm curious to know how they're going to handle this over time. And I think that's what makes the show really interesting um, is that so far we've seen actual goodness in people. And I think that that might be just a reflection of the show trying to say that the world is is bad and the world has its problems, but individual people are good and can be good, have the potential to be good. Um, I, but yeah. at the same time, I, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm still waiting for them to run into the person that's going to manipulate them or, or try to take advantage of them or just straight up overwhelm them in order to get Gus. Cause he seems like a very wanted thing. Um, so yeah. yeah. And 
I'm also very interested to know a little more behind the scenes of when would this when the show was made and the timeline of everything they're shooting mm-hmm. uh, because you they get to the they get to the the resort and then you know they're eating dinner but the family that lives there they're wearing masks to protect themselves <laughs> yeah. and that felt too real yeah a little too real i totally agree with that i totally agree with that so um, so that's what i'm like is this something that happened before and it just happened to coincide because i believe a lot of the show was probably already done or at least written before um mm-hmm. everything kind of happened but yeah it, it's just it's an interesting coincidence that that you know, would you see that scene and you're like, well, yeah, that sounds like it's show it's made after 2020, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to we'll see, you know, how that's going to play out if it does any, you know, any more in terms of like those moments. I think that might have just been like a quick one-off joke because this family seemed like overly prepared, which like. I do want to like I do have a list of like what I thought was really good about the episode and what I thought was not so good. And one of mm. my not so good things was what the heck is this family doing with so much food and like lush like fresh vegetables and stuff like that? Like later in the episode, Jeopard picks up some canned goods from them, but in the yeah. episode when they first show up, they're like they were eating like fresh broccoli and tomatoes and corn and stuff and I'm like so you guys are just chilling in this visitor center. Like, where's the big garden that you have with all right. this stuff? I mean, this well, is me and... nitpicking, but I thought it was no. really interesting. No, that's an interesting question because also the doctor, she, how long was she in her building? Like, how well, that, long was yeah. she there having a... Like, yeah, I'm sure office buildings have some... Like, the water made sense, but, like, what was she eating? And, like, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, the thing that it tells me is that the sick really, really, like, diminished uh, the population very harshly. Oh yeah, like that, you know, like because that way that that really would be the only way to like how has nobody been around to go seek refuge at the resort as well, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, or at the zoo. Like the fact that she can go and have the zoo all to herself. Yeah, yeah. It, so that like I mean, it's pretty scary to think about that. You know, that's what that's I guess that's what kind of the world they're trying to tell us they're in. But yeah, um, well, and again, this kind of comes back to the timeline thing of like how much time did things take like. One of my other nitpicks about this was like, you know, Gus and Gus and Jeopard, they come across the visitor center and they're there within like the afternoon. Right. And then mm-hmm. those hunter guys come across the visitor center and it takes them like a whole day to basically get up the mountain. And like, were they waiting for night to strike? To And by strike, I mean, literally just yell from outside of a window like, hey, give us the right. kid. Like <laughs> what you could have done that in the middle of the day, you know. So I was I was really worrying about that. And again, these are like nitpicky things, but I'm curious to know like if some of the time stuff is intentional to kind of throw you off about piecing too many yeah. things together or or if it's something else because but again to your point like the devastation seems very very real without them like opening a door and like a thousand bodies fall out you know the thing about right. the comic that really struck me is there's a scene where uh jeopard and sweet tooth or gus are walking and they just come across just mounds of dead bodies you know and it's a comic and it was you know 2000 what 2011 or something it's very much like we got to be edgy maybe it's earlier than that but uh, yeah but jeff lemire's writing i mean he's drawing that too so it exactly must have looked sick. exactly um, um 
and again, this is where the wholesome, more like wholesomeness kind of maybe I guess nicer side of this comes in, where yeah. they're clearly trying to sh- portray something very bad from happening or the very bad happened, but they don't want to necessarily get in your face about it. And I, I do appreciate that because with Netflix, HBO, Cinemax, all the big you know private companies and streaming services and stuff, they're one of their big things is always like let's get in your face with some TNA and some major violence. Whereas this show, which has the potential to do that. At least with the violence, uh, has not chosen to do that at least yet. Yeah, it seems like Netflix is a little more reserved with more because I feel like the you brought up The Witcher. I think The Witcher could be could have been that, but it's really not. They don't they yeah. don't go that far. I mean, there's some violence, but uh, but yeah, um, I think another another thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is uh, like. The the hunters that come, we see they have like these military patches or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we go to the town, we see that they have a similar like a similar um, I don't know what it's called like, like uh, a sigil. Yeah, like just they wear similar things. So like, is this the, is this a community now that each one has their jobs and they're kind of marked in their uniform or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's all those little things they're trying to set up for well, the future. If you if you think about the first episode, right, with Gus's dad, you know, when he he comes across that guy who's looking for someone apparently, but then they end up marking their ter- the wherever they lived, like mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, are you with a company?" And that was that was it. That was like the end of the discussion. He didn't really explain it. I think that right. might have been what he was referring to. Like, I feel like we're going to see in Netflix's Sweet Tooth talk about how in the future, when the government fell, corporations took over and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it's yeah. so bad. You know, that might be the direction that they're going. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, I, I could see something like that happening. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Um, I mean, that's just me making a wild guess about that. But I, I do see your point of like that symbol being a thing. And what's the significance of it? I guess we're going to have to find out in future episodes because I'm guessing they're going to run into somebody and someone's going to spill the beans. But in, which also begs the question of like, where does Doctor Singh live and what is the affiliation with all of that? Like, there is clearly a serious amount of organization where he's living, um, and you know, to the point where they have like a you know fast food joint turned into a mis- medical facility. But like that's that screams organization, and they you know had like a scanning thing. He scanned his wrist. Um, when you know to do things, um, oh yeah, which yeah. which kind of I do want to say if you take a step back from that, like I know you said like oh were they healing all the people in the town? I still believe that they're not because I feel like he went to go have a back alley deal with this doctor because like they knew each other as like former colleagues versus other people that were there for probably just regular medicinal work. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's just my no, gut I guess. That. I, I can definitely see that because. It feels like if maybe he wasn't related to her, she wouldn't be getting the the you know whatever uh, medicine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they had some kind of relationship, like right, both doctors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, we got to find out what's in that book. I mean, I have a really, oh. really, really good guess as someone who has read the comic, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't want to necessarily like spill it all because I feel like it's going to be a big spoiler. So, um, well, my and, imagination is going to dark places. Mike. Oh, I'll me tell too. You I mean, again, I feel <laughs> so. like this, this story has taken a lot of different takes on the sweet tooth story so far, the TV show at least has, and they're, so my, my, the potential of what could be in that book is 
is vast. It, yeah. There's a lot, you know, and it could be dark. This is where the other shoe could drop on the show for me. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing I put on my notes was like the little gag that they show that his eyes shine in the dark when they're in the forest. Oh, yeah. And then they bring they bring it back when the kids are going to sleep. Uh-huh. And, you, and the mom turns the, the light off and you just see it. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, a, a nice moment of liberty before things go down. Yeah. Well, the other, um, <laughs> I think the next scene after that is Jeopard going through all of their canned goods and he's grabbing yeah. different things and he has a book open. And in the book, he has a list of different types of canned food. I think it was beans and he had different ratings for them. <laughs> and I thought, right, like, yeah. <laughs> thought that was like very funny like in in on in like if you in hindsight i'm like oh that's actually kind of practical if you just can't remember but like in the moment i was like what a ridiculous thing to have records of (laughs) right yeah that you know that's interesting i mean the one thing i forgot like jeopard seems to have a past that we're gonna that we need to explore Uh, the mom brings it up because she sees a scar on his chest Mm -hmm. uh and Maybe he kind of knew the tactics of the the people that were attacking them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean that's going to be interesting. I know they didn't do that just for 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 fun. Uh, like there's there's going to be something there, and uh, I don't I'm not very excited to find out what it is. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely going to be dark. I'm certain about that. Like I keep saying that. Like I'm just waiting for the other shooter to drop right. show. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. I mean that's that's the. I think like those are like some of my big notes that I'm thinking about. Like the neighborhood thing was yeah. is interesting. Um, I, I I'm a lot of the questions that I had out of Singh's neighborhood was you know there's a lot of order, but what is the cost? Like what is the sacrifice for this? There doesn't seem to be like a strict economy from what we could tell. Right. Um, people, but people are living in like fully electric homes, and like his his wife says, "Oh, get me a milkshake," and I was like. Is this like I this is when I truly thought it was like a flashback like right before the sick. You know, where um maybe this is like a couple days before that we get to actually find out who Dr. Singh is, but instead it's like no, he goes outside, he gets on a fucking horse and like rides off like yeah. and it's in the middle of this huge neighborhood that's powered by electricity and all the things have like little mini generators and stuff, but like what's making that all work? Like I have so many questions about that neighborhood, you know? Right. No, saying yeah, I I definitely want to know more and you could set up some kind of like small internet for the town mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure there's somebody smart enough to do it <laughs> um, <laughs> that will be my contribution in the apocalypse i will create localized internets for people oh dude that'd be sick let me well i i don't want shit to go down but if it does i know where to go <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> on up to new jersey man <laughs> i'm looking for mike grappin he has internet access <laughs> Oh, um, the the last thing I have on my notes, uh, a fun way to end the episode with a Patsy Klein song, yeah, and then writing on the whatever what are they called? What are the, the trolley out of the out of the resort? Oh, on the ski lift, the yeah, ski the lift, ski or lift thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then then you see the other animal wearing people, yeah, uh, and you're like, oh my god, here you go. Here's that other shoe you were waiting for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things to pull from, a lot of opportunity for them to go in a lot of really interesting directions. And I, you know, one of the notes that I had was like, I really expected more of like a Mad Max style world feel for this. Um, In that, like, 
resources were super scarce and people were literally just scraping by and like at the same time like humans are extremely you know in in ingenuity what's the word i'm looking for they're they're extremely capable you know individuals like we can find ways to survive that aren't just living in like squalor and stuff so mad max is maybe a little bit too extreme but i do think that i i was i should say i was surprised that we didn't see anybody like that at least yet in the show now i think we're going to see some of these more wild and out there people that are like part of these raving droves of gangs that probably move across countrysides and try to find food in the most violent of ways because every apocalypse show has to have that group um as if like that's just what happens when we get rid of law and and government in this country but uh i'm curious to know about like what that group's going to be like i'm I'm really excited to see maybe the wilder side of things and once shepherd uh shepherd once jeopard can't actually you know beat down six guys in the dark with a bear trap um what's he what's he going to do because I'm guessing that these people are a bit more wild than the slightly organized crew that 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 attacked the visitor center. Yep. Yeah, so, for sure. There's no way he can keep taking them on by himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's you know we've we've also got to like figure out where the next beat's going to be when it comes to him with the pill, pain pills that he had. Right. He obviously has had some issues with his knee. Um, he was taking some sort of medication for it, whether that was pain medicine or something else. Um, and yeah that definitely looks like a football injury which just kind of i mean plays with his character yeah like a yeah. torn acl or something like that yeah exactly so like we're gonna see you know how is he gonna survive without something that can kind of help him get along the way when there's not like extreme medical surgeons who can take care of injuries like that after they've like re- or flared up so a lot to lot to expect out of this and again i feel like this show is doing the job of a good television show it's answering things while keeping things really interesting showing you different sides of a brand new world that we kind of already know um, but also leaving you with more questions at the end that don't make you feel like you're lost they just beg for you to explore the world more by watching more of the show yep exactly exactly but i mean yeah this this episode like just Kind of kept it going. I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm spacing these out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of listen along with with your show and all that. Uh, so that's nice. That's gonna be like it's something to look forward to now. Like you know, <laughs> scheduling something to look forward to. Yeah, uh, and getting back into a routine is pretty important too. Well, we've got six episodes left. I'm very excited. Um, I guess I, that's pretty much everything that I had. Dan, it sounds like you were at the end of your notes. So let the people know at home what are your final thoughts on this episode, and where can they find you on the internet? Uh, well, I like I said, I really enjoyed the episode. I'm very intrigued. I think the the thing I'm most intrigued with is uh, I need to know more about that town. Uh, so hopefully we go into, hopefully we keep this multiple track storytelling um, going forward mm-hmm. because I de- I definitely want to learn more about kind of everyone at the same time. Definitely. But the town's really, I'm really interested in the town. Um, you can find me on the internet at Echo Spider and my podcast at next issue pod uh but yeah that's about it cool well thanks so much for joining me danny i really appreciate you coming and hanging talking sweet tooth with me um as always you can follow me at mike rapid and you can follow i read comic books at ircb podcast on twitter and instagram and you can also check out our website ircbpodcast.com uh the music for this episode is beautiful cs by robert farmer this episode's edited by me we recorded this episode on the i read comic books discord you can check that out and join for the next episode that you want to be on uh, at ircbpodcast.com slash discord and don't forget you can always subscribe to us and support us on patreon that's patreon.com slash ircbpodcast where we put up this ep- this show as well as all of our other 
episodes early, um, plus some other bonus stuff like our Saga of Saga series, uh, IRCB Movie Club, Giant Days of Our Lives, and so much more. I want to thank everyone out there for listening. Thanks, Danny, for showing up to help me record today. Until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Thank you.